Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hey, what's going on, automotive world? Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I will be your host today. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. Today on the show, what I'd like to talk about is what I'm calling automotive cheat codes. They're also known pretty commonly as silver bullets. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a lot about it, but it's a conversation that I had with somebody in the last week and I've been thinking a lot about. So I want to cover my thoughts on this. And uh, we run into this a lot in the automotive industry and uh, there's a lot of different perspectives on it. So I want to share mine. And obviously this is just my perspective. Everyone is going to look at this a little bit differently. But anyways, um, let's set up exactly what I'm talking about in case you're not familiar. Um, you probably are. But anyways, a silver bullet, if you want to define this, is an action which cuts through the complexity and provides immediate solution to the problem, okay? Or you could say a simple solution to a complex problem. In our field, of course, the problem takes the form of a vehicle that we need to fix or diagnose a lot of the times. Uh, this is where this comes into play, especially, you know, I'm talking about <laughs> diagnostics on this podcast a lot. That is our challenge. And if we can get a very simple, easy solution without having to work too hard, that would be known as a silver bullet uh, without putting in the legwork that would otherwise be necessary to solve the problem. Um, you know, these take the form of things like Identifix, probably the most commonly known source of silver bullets for technicians in this field for the last, I don't know, 30 years, however long they've been uh, running their hotline and their website. Uh, of course, there's other websites like IATN in their archive where you can find things like this. Uh, technical service bulletins have been around for a long time. I mean, those are kind of silver bullets for technicians. Whether you're in a dealership or the aftermarket, uh, YouTube has become a big source of a quick, easy fix to something that uh, might otherwise have taken you a long time to work through or solve. Uh, Facebook groups are another source of this. Heck, maybe this podcast is a source of silver bullets in some cases uh, when I share diagnostic case studies that I've been through and the solution, uh, you know, I walk you through the whole process and how I got there. But well, now you've got the solution to the problem in case you run into that vehicle. So again, these are going to be a solution to the problem that allows you to jump straight to the conclusion, straight to the end without doing all of the legwork or all of the problem solving or using a skill set or struggling through something that would otherwise be necessary to solve the problem. It offers you a very quick, easy solution. And heck, most of the time, most of the time, the actual fix for these cars, whatever's broken with them, the fix itself is very simple, very easy. Okay. Repair this wire, replace this control module, uh, you program in this different calibration. The fix itself generally pretty easy. Uh, it's getting to that conclusion that can be very challenging. And through these different resources, we're offered 
in many cases, a very quick, easy way to get to that solution. So let's just figure out what it takes to fix it and then do it quick, simple, easy. We can get on to the next vehicle. All right. So I think everybody is pretty familiar with things like this. Heck, I'm pretty sure all of us have used a silver bullet or again, what I'm calling a cheat code at some point or another in their career. I'd say if you've never used one, you're probably lying <laughs> to, to someone else or yourself, but I definitely have. I've used all of those resources that I've listed off. I mean, just two quick examples of things I've shared on the podcast where uh, a cheat code or a silver bullet has saved my butt. Um, episode 28, I had a 2016 Chevy Cruze that had no electric power assist and it ended up being a crankshaft sensor. I mean, I don't know how many days I would have been on that car before I figured that out if it wasn't for a guy on IATN who had spent those days on that vehicle and solve the problem. And I was able to utilize his struggle and his time and his effort to very quickly make the right call on that vehicle. Okay. So check that episode out. It's actually really interesting how those symptoms presented themselves and what the conclusion ended up being. That was episode 28. Um, episode 12, another example. Um, I had a 2007 uh, Chevy Silverado that was setting a misfire code on cylinder seven only, a single cylinder misfire, ended up being caused by contaminated fuel. Okay. The entire gas tank had contaminated fuel in it, causing a single cylinder misfire. A service bulletin was what allowed me to check the fuel for contamination. Cause again, I don't know how long I would have been there before I would have gotten to that point, maybe stumbling upon it accidentally. If you were to ask me prior to that point, could contaminated fuel, you know, cause a single cylinder miss? I'd be like, no way. It's not possible. It would be a miss on all cylinders, right? Well, that that was not the case and GM had a service bulletin about it. So again, somebody at the dealership spent a lot of time or maybe they're just really smart, but usually we're going to get to that. That's because they've spent the time to get there. Um, anyways, they put in the legwork to get that solution and I was able to do some searching and find the service bulletin and I had the answer nice, quick, easy presented to me without doing the legwork. All right. So again, we use these things quite often in our field and it is a subject of controversy uh, for various reasons. We're going to talk about some of those here today. But the fact is, is that we have, you know, almost the entirety of human knowledge available to us at our fingertips. And of course, not everybody uses this power <laughs> uh, to to its full potential. I'd say very few people do. You know, most people are <laughs> spending the time arguing about something on Facebook. But <laughs> we do have all of this available to us. And just looking at the automotive realm, you know, we have all these experts and all this um, knowledge and case studies and fixes available at our fingertips in our pockets, which is really really cool. Um, if you sit back and think about, <laughs> uh, you go back 30, 40 years and there wasn't anything that even compared as far as a uh, resource or knowledge base like we have available to us now uh, with everything on the internet. And of course, our job, especially with cars today, would be so much more difficult if we didn't have access to this stuff. And I'm sure people that were around prior to the internet can attest to this and how challenging things must have been at that point. You know, I was lucky enough when I got into this field, um, the internet was a thing. And I think the only thing 
that existed when I first got in was IATN, and we did get introduced to Identifix pretty quickly after I started, but it wasn't there for the first few years, or we didn't have access to it the first few years um, that I was working in the field. But um, obviously, as time's gone on, there's more and more and more (laughs) that's available to us as far as information. But here's the question. Could we actually improve our individual skills significantly more if we didn't have access to all of these quick fixes of all of these cheat codes and jump to the finish and easy explanations for complex problems. And that's really the heart of the debate about silver bullets and what they do to us as individuals in the automotive field and the field as a whole. And this kind of brings up uh, knowledge versus wisdom subject. And what I mean by that is, you know, knowledge is just facts. I can Google anything. Again, entirety of human knowledge. I can Google whatever question I have, gives me an answer in fractions of a second, gives me multiple answers in fractions of the second. Whereas wisdom would be going out and answering that question for myself, figuring it out through experiences, hard work. Now, of course, which one's going to take longer? Um, of course, the wisdom route actually, you know, building that real life perspective um, in addition to having the answer to the question or just jumping ahead and knowing the answer to the question. And this goes beyond the automotive realm, of course. This is just anybody today has access to that information. We're smarter, I say that with quotations, than we were um, you know, several generations ago. But again, are we losing some of the wisdom that's ingrained in figuring this stuff out for ourselves, learning this for ourselves? You know, having the ability to look up the answer to any question that you could conceive is a pretty powerful skill. But what happens when it doesn't come up with an answer for you or comes up with the wrong answer for you or you lose access to (laughs) the Google and you're not able to type in a question and get an immediate answer? Now, a weakness that has been built up in you is going to be exposed and Again, I think you can correlate this to the automotive world where if all you do is get the cheat codes, the quick fixes to everything, when you actually get in the situation where there is no uh, quick answer, there's no silver bullet, uh, you're going to be in a tough place because you've never ever solved these problems by yourself. You've never had to struggle through it or you've done it very infrequently because you always tend to go towards that cheat code, that silver bullet in order to get your answer without doing the legwork. You know, how do I work through a problem if I've never solved one for myself? So I have an analogy here, and I'm kind of taking a page out of Fonslow's book. Uh, he has a lot of different analogies when he's talking about stuff in the automotive world. And I was thinking about this one. I grew up in the 90s, and right about 1996, a video game system came out, uh, Nintendo 64. So if you grew up around that time, you probably played Nintendo 64. It was a big deal in video games uh, because it shifted from the traditional 
two-dimensional uh think of like the original super mario to a three-dimensional world where you can move up down and in all directions right and that was a big deal because they didn't really have video games like that prior to that at least nothing i was aware of um it it was a big deal when i was a 10 year old kid when this came out right and uh a couple of the games that uh, that we played when this system first came out and <laughs> me and my brother and my friends we'd spend entire weekends and get no sleep and <laughs> drink ridiculous amounts of Mountain Dew and eat bags and bags of Doritos I mean that's what you do when you're a kid and it was a blast we loved it but anyways <laughs> um, we would play uh, a lot of different games but a couple of the games and these I have a point I'm, <laughs> I'm getting to a point here not just talking nostalgia about the 64 was GoldenEye and that was James Bond 007 GoldenEye and then there's another game which is probably lesser known uh, called Turok and so here's the deal with these games and how I'm going to reference this to what we're talking about as far as Silver Bullets both of these games had some cheat modes or cheat codes. Uh, it wasn't really a code in the GoldenEye version, but what that was would be some special level, some special weapon, some special character, something that you unlocked that would allow you to do something in the game that you didn't have before. Like your character would be invincible or you'd have, you know, unlimited ammunition. Uh, these were first person shooter games, if you're not familiar. And, you know, once you utilize these cheat modes or cheat codes for these games uh it made it a lot easier because uh, you had an advantage over the computer that you were playing against right and outside of the multiplayer aspect because goldeneye kind of set the standard for multiplayer first person shooters again off subject but <laughs> you can tell i enjoyed this stuff when i was a kid um they were actually pretty similar uh, gameplay again first person shooter you're looking in the perspective of james bond you can see the the weapon he's carrying and you got to take out the i don't know, i think you're battling against russians in that game but anyways um the turok game um very similar in the setup anyways in turok when you started up the game if you had these cheat codes and gosh, I don't even know how we got these cheat codes back in the day because I didn't have the internet. <laughs> it must have been must have been a magazine or something. We still got this knowledge somehow or another. We still figured it out. But anyways, you enter these cheat codes at the beginning of the game. As soon as it fires up, you put in a code and you can unlock anything in the game. Again, invincible, all the weapons. You can go right to the last level of the game and play against the ultimate mega boss in the game with all the special with all the special weapons that are available. And it was really cool because you didn't have to work for any of this stuff. You type in the code and you get to experience the coolest part of that game, right? And again, awesome. We thought it was pretty cool as kids. Well, GoldenEye was a little different. Um, as far as I was aware, you couldn't enter any code in order to get to unlock these things in the game. If you wanted to unlock these special features, these special weapons, all the levels and characters and all this stuff, you had to actually complete certain tasks within the game, meaning that you had to beat a specific level at a specific difficulty within a specific amount of time. And some of them were extremely difficult and extremely frustrating to, to complete these goals in the set amount of time without dying or there was one level you had to protect 
the female in the game while she's trying to hack into a computer and all the Russians are trying to shoot at her. And it was, you have to do it on like expert mode. And it was so, so difficult because she'd die every single time. But um, you finally, when you finally got it, it was so cool. And then you unlocked that next level. You got that character, you got that weapon. And of course, it meant a little bit more to you because you put in the work. But there was another effect here by not using the cheat code by actually accomplishing it yourself. A byproduct was you were now a much better actual player at that game. So that when you went over to your buddy's house for a weekend and you're playing the multiplayer, you're able to just dominate because you spent, embarrassingly enough, hours upon hours getting better at this game, working towards a goal, right? And it actually made the game more enjoyable too. Um, I know that I played Goldeneye a heck of a lot more than I played Turok because I wasn't able to just skip to the end. I had to work through it. I had to struggle through it and really grow my skills as I went. And that's kind of the analogy that I'm making here is that, you know, silver bullets like getting things from Identifix or reading things on Facebook are great. And it might seem really cool at the time. Sweet. I got the solution to this problem. I just figured this out. No, you know, it didn't take me any time at all or any effort at all. That's sweet. And maybe it made some money at it too, but you missed out on growing your skills. You missed out on actually getting better at the game, at your diagnostic process, solving these things. And in the long run, of course, it's going to make it more enjoyable. Maybe not in the moment. It's going to be frustrating in the moment when you're struggling through it. But in the long run, it's going to be more satisfying if you work through it yourself. You know, and, and some could argue that that's maybe more of an ego thing. And I do want to touch on that because that's that's a part of this. But I think just for personal satisfaction in your career, it's more enjoyable if you actually do work through these problems yourselves, plus the added benefit of improving your skill set as that happens. So that's my analogy. And so I'm going to refer to a silver bullet as a automotive cheat code going forward. That's just the term that I'm going to coin here. So do we never use a cheat code? Do we never log on to Identifix and figure out what the top hit is? Do we never reach out into Facebook groups and ask people for help because we're struggling with an issue? I mean, why do so many people do this on a frequent basis? I mean, you see it in pretty much any Facebook group you're in. Somebody will post, I have this code, what's the solution? And obviously, you know, millions of people log on to YouTube every day, even if they're not technicians. And maybe that's getting outside of what we're really talking about here, because this is about automotive professionals, but people are going for the quick fix, right? Show me that two-minute video of how I get to the solution here. Um, but again, obviously, a lot of people use sources like Identifix and pay all the money every month to have all those you know, top hits to figure out what's the solution to this problem. What's the solution to this pattern failure? Is it laziness? I think in some cases, it definitely could be. Um, maybe they don't understand the value in skill building. Um, that I just mentioned, you know, w- what value is actually there for you to figure it out them- yourself instead of relying on someone else's legwork. Maybe it's money. And uh, I think that is the case most of the time is, you know, the name of the game here is productivity in the automotive world. Fix more cars, make more money. Fix cars faster means you can fix more cars. Okay. So if we get to the solution faster, we're making more money. So things like 
Identifix and Facebook and YouTube and all these different sources where you can get our cheat codes um, are obviously very popular because they can definitely increase your productivity, get you to the solution faster. But here's the question is relying on these cheat codes all the time going to affect your productivity in the long run? Uh, obviously, I think we can understand uh, how your skill set is not going to be as developed if you skip ahead and you don't actually work on building your own problem solving process. But what about just productivity in general? I mean, if we can just always find the answer, then we're good to go, right? We don't need to worry about necessarily skill building. And heck, maybe when we run into that one, we can't figure out and there is no quick fix or cheat code for, we'll just pass it on to somebody else and you lose a car here and there. Big deal. All right. My productivity is sky high. We're fixing cars all the time. Um, we're good to go. Of course, if everybody operated that way, we probably wouldn't have any cheat codes <laughs> to go around. Somebody does have to do the work. Okay. Um, but maybe you're the mindset. I'm just going to rely on somebody else to do that. And I'm going to uh, make use or, or pay for, I'm going to pay for and make use of their hard work. Um, that might be your attitude or yet your approach. And I can tell you that is definitely the case in a lot of automotive shops today. I go to a lot of them. Heck, in a way, you know, as a mobile technician, I kind of am that cheat code in a lot of cases for these shops when they call me in to diagnose something. They don't want to build those skills, work on what they have in order to figure out the problem themselves. They'd rather just pay me to give them that cheat code, get them to the answer very quickly so they can move on and fix more cars. Again, all about productivity and money, and they're happy to pay me for it. So, you know, in a way, I'm acting as that for these particular shops. So I think for productivity's sake, well, the question you got to answer yourself is, are you fine doing exactly what you're doing now 10 years from now? As far as your skill set goes and what you're capable of, are you okay doing that exact same thing? Because you know, if you don't change this, nothing will change about your skill set. Are you fine doing that 10 years down the road? Are cars going to change in a way where you might need those skills in order to be productive. What about, you know, extremely complex vehicles that there aren't any cheat codes out there for them? And then all of a sudden your weaknesses are exposed more and more often because you're not able to work through these problems. I mean, how much do you actually value your personal skill set? Um, what does this career mean to you and where do you see your career going? Um, do you have that growth mindset? Um, these are some of the things that I start thinking about when I'm when I'm asking myself these questions. Because again, I've used I've used these cheat codes all the time. All those resources I listed, I've definitely used them. So I have to consider how that's affecting my productivity in the long run. Now, of course, specifically what I do, I've got to have those problem solving skills. So I definitely need to focus on it. But I think. That the average technician is going to need that as well too going forward. Um, we're going to see less and less pattern failures. I mean, right? I I thought when I first got into this field, all you'd have to know to be a, the greatest technician is just to know all the pattern failures. If you know all the pattern failures, you know what's wrong when the car rolls in the bay, and that makes a great technician. And of course, come to find out, <laughs> as I've been doing this for quite a while, you realize that you know obviously that's going to help you. And you can build that knowledge 
But when it really comes to being a great technician, it's being able to solve any problem that comes to you, especially one that you've never seen before or no one else has seen before. And when we get back to the money topic, if you're able to do that, if you're able to build that skill set, is someone going to pay you more money than you're making right now because you've taken the time to grow that skill set? And I would say if you put the work into it, that someone definitely, definitely will be willing to do that. And that's where we can look at this is I can make a couple quick bucks right now and not invest in myself for the future, or I can take the time, I can invest the time right now and grow my skill set for the future, at which time someone's going to be able to pay me for my skill set that I can tackle any problem that comes my way, right? Um, If you try to sell it to somebody 10 years down the road, be like, yeah, dude, I fixed every car that had a top hit identifix. Okay. Well, you know, look at me. I, I replaced all these components based off of what identifix said. And I was really, really fast at it. Um, that's not a really impressive way to sell yourself. And I don't think anybody would do that. But if you say, Hey, I'm able to work through any challenge that's thrown my way. It doesn't matter whether the top hits on identifix or not. That's going to be more valuable to people down the road to potential employers or, um, or starting your own business or shop or mobile thing or whatever that you want to do. But with all that being said, I think you actually should utilize these cheat codes from time to time. And I don't want to sound like I'm going back and forth here. I'm just offering different perspectives because I put a lot of thought into this since I use all of these things myself. I've already said that a couple times, but I do. And I think you should too. But in the right way, at the right time, with the right perspective, these can actually improve you and your problem-solving abilities. So what do I mean by that? Think of it this way. If you didn't use any resource that was available to you today, right now, and I mean any resource, any big resource like the internet or your phone or computers or scan tools. And you said, I need to figure out all of this by myself. Okay. And again, maybe it's an ego thing. Maybe you're just really dead set on being the best and having the best skill set and say, I've got to develop my own computer and I have to know exactly how it works. I have to develop my own phone and my own internet and my own scan tool. I have to build all these things from the ground up and I don't want any help from anybody. All the lifetimes of work that have been put into developing these tools that all of us use every single day uh, that we can accomplish great things with all of these tools, right? But you said, I'm not going to use any of them. You know, you could live to be 200 years old and not even come close to being able to create all of these things. Again, that took people lifetimes in order to advance technology and knowledge to the point where we use all these things. We take them for granted today, but there's so much um, awesomeness in all of these different tools that we utilize. If you never used any of these, you'd be so far behind everybody. You wouldn't even be able to do this job, quite frankly. And so obviously we've got to take some of this. We've got to utilize some of this stuff that is available to us in order to better ourselves, but we have to do it in the right way. Okay. And in the automotive realm, the things that I've talked about, the lifetimes of experience and the experts that have been at this for decades that are available to us through Facebook and YouTube and other resources, um, we should definitely 
be utilizing these to better ourselves, to better our skills as technicians. You know, there's no way that one person could amass all the knowledge that is out there available to us. It's just not possible. And this is kind of where that that cheat code thing comes into play is we are going to use that. We're going to use that access to information, but we can use it in a way to better ourselves. And if you're going to use a cheat code, okay, let's just say a solution to a problem to fix a car, you're trying to diagnose something and you're going to use a cheat code. Somebody that did all the legwork, struggled through it, really worked to hone their skills to figure out exactly what was wrong. You're going to use that cheat code to fix the car that's in front of you to make some money to move on to the next one. I think you should have a very clear understanding of how that is negatively affecting your skill building. Okay, your actual personal skill set, how is that being negatively affected? And you should be aware of that. If I'm going to use that cheat code, I need to be aware of how it is neg- negatively affecting me and what my personal skill set is. And at least be able to say that, yes, I missed out on some learning here because I skipped to the end. So that's step number one uh, that I feel is necessary if I'm going to use one of these things. I try my best to. Now, again, in all honesty, it might depend on how busy I am that day, but I try to not use these things right up front. Meaning if I'm going into a problem, um, I, I would like to try to at least work through the problem myself to a certain point. Again, it might depend on how many cars I got lined up that day, but I want to do some checks myself. I want to use my own process and see, can I come to a conclusion? Now, again, yeah, I don't want to waste an hour um, doing this because I've got to make money. I've got to get through all these vehicles. But if I get to a point where I'm stuck, I'm like, okay, I don't have direction. Now that's when I'm going to see, okay, is there a cheat code that I'm going to use? Because I don't have any other direction. And again, I'm just being honest here. I don't always go that way. Sometimes it might be the first thing I do. I'm look for that service bulletin or look for that known problem with that vehicle. Given the time though, I think we should all try to use our own skills, see can I get to that problem without using the cheat code? And then if you're stuck, okay, let's utilize it at that point. Another suggestion, if you're going to use the cheat codes, is once you get there and you find out, okay, this is the solution, this is the broken part, or this is what's wrong, um, try and reverse engineer the process that the other person took to get there. And what I mean by that is you have the solution. Let's work backwards from the solution to the start. What steps did that person take? And maybe they listed it out in some sort of case study. What steps did they take that I didn't, that I missed, or I wasn't capable of or aware of? And what steps did I take, you know, if I'm actually trying to diagnose this, um, that were wrong, that were incorrect based off of the steps that this person took? And what we're doing there is we're analyzing our own process. We're comparing it to what was done by the person who figured it out. And we're looking at our process to say, how did it match up? Where did I miss out? What could I have done better? And this is where I think these can be extremely valuable because we can make our money, we can get through our day, we can be productive, but there's some time that we're going to spend after the fact to analyze what we're doing within that. Okay. Yeah. Use that cheat code. How could I have gotten through this without using the cheat code, without jumping to the finish? And 
that's when you know somebody that produces a really nice detailed case study um, that like on Facebook this happens a lot you can read through all of their steps you can read through their mindset their process and compare that to your own and then next time you might be able to get in the mindset of that person and say okay in this situation he tested this or he did that um, now I'm able to do the same thing and again we're growing our skills at the same time. So there can be some overlap here. We're using the cheat code, we're getting the solution, but we're going to use that to better ourselves as well. And of course, my final note on this is don't let your ego get in the way because I know I've been guilty of this as well is, you know, I need to be the smartest. I want to be the best. Um, it, it's about Again, ego <laughs> feeding into that. I have to solve this myself. I don't want any help from anybody. I need to be able to figure this out. Um, I'm sure we've all been there in one way or another and at least recognize when that's happening and that's not really going to serve you well. You should be doing this in order to improve yourself so you can be better at your job, not just so you can say, well, I'm the best. <laughs> I'm the smartest. I can fix anything. Um, that again, won't serve you well long-term. So again, something I've been guilty of before. So I want to be able to recognize when that's happening and put a stop to that. Okay, <laughs> this this isn't where I need to go with this one. So that's it for my rambling today. I hope you got something out of that, a little bit of a shorter episode, but I've got some interviews coming up for the next couple of weeks, some really interesting topics and people uh, that we're going to bring up on the show. And I'll be trying to get some of the tech tips up in here as well you know i guess you consider those <laughs> cheat codes as well but like i said we all need some help we all need a resource to help us get through the day because uh, uh, this is a tough job <laughs> trying to figure out all the different vehicles out there but let's get out there start fixing the world one car at a time